Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley, and this is the 450th show of ROI. Our guest for today's show is Clay Norris, Executive Director of the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, who is going to talk to us about that same institution, the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Class of 2022. The history buff for today's show are Brett Menard and Terry Toppler. The show's theme song is Kayla's Theme, written and performed by Mark Zapzaptel, who is a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Our producer and engineer is, as always, Dave Baker. To begin with, uh, we'd like to welcome Clay to the show. How are you doing, Clay? I am doing great. Just uh, in the middle of a snowstorm in Iowa, what else is new, right? Well, you know, it, it gives it that extra little pizzazz. What can we say? This is right. the Yes, this is the first segment of the show, which is referred to as History is Local. And our goal is to give our listeners a little background on today's subject. So can you start us off with some basic information about Iowa's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Clay? Absolutely. Well, we are part of a larger organization that is called the Iowa Rock and Roll Music Association, and this is our 25th anniversary. Um, It was started in 1997, and the co-founders were John Sen and Tom Tourville. And John Sen sadly passed away a couple years ago, Um, but Tom is still with us and is an excellent, uh, he's just a walking encyclopedia about uh, music for the, gosh, not only Iowa, but all over the country and and certainly the Midwest. And um, so what had happened was going back, uh, you know, 25 years ago, John Sen had a record company back in the 1960s called Iowa Great Lakes Records, and it was out of Milford, Iowa. And he and some bandmates from Spirit Lake called DJ and the Runaways recorded a song called Peter Rabbit that actually made the top 40 nationally. And they, there were these farm kids from Iowa on uh, the Dick Clark, uh, where the action is show and all this sort of stuff. And anyway, they recorded a bunch of songs there of various artists. And when you fast forwarded 30 years later, that closed in 1967. So, or 66 rather. So in 1996, they had a 30 year reunion concert. And it went over so big that they decided, why don't we do this every year? And so the Iowa Rock and Roll Music Association was founded. And the first induction ceremony of people honoring Iowa musicians happened in 1997. And the only year we missed was 2020 with COVID. So this is going to be the 25th um, Hall of Fame class. Well, congratulations. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about the class of uh, 2022? Yeah, it is a pretty exciting class. I mean, one of the highlights, I would say, just from a national notoriety standpoint, would have to be uh, the induction posthumously of Tommy Bolin. Uh, Tommy Bolin is, uh, was a, a guitarist extraordinaire from the Sioux City, Iowa area, from what I've seen, pretty much a a prodigy. He he accomplished a lot in his 20-some-odd years of being on this earth and um, at a very young age played for some Hall of Fame bands that were later inducted, uh, I mean, Iowa Hall of Fame bands like the Bel Airs, for example. So here are the Bel Airs probably in their 
twenties or you know thirties, and and this this teenager was playing along with them. And as uh, Tommy got a little bit older, he decided to go to Boulder, Colorado, because that was sort of where a lot of the guitar action was going on and so forth music. And um, he ran into a gentleman called Joe Walsh, and Joe was a young guy too. And the story is that Joe Walsh actually learned a bunch of stuff from Tommy Boland. And um, so they, you know, anyway, later on, uh, lots to tell, I think, about Tommy, but I think maybe one of the most popular groups he ever played for uh, was Deep Purple and ended up um, being a guitarist on Deep Purple. And sadly, while they were on a tour in, um, I think, Japan or shortly thereafter, um, he ended up passing away and like several people of that that era uh, had something to do with uh, an overdose of substances. And um, anyway, it, it was sad to lose somebody of that talent, but he made quite an influence on the world. Uh, he is buried in Sioux City, is he not? I think so. I do think that's true. And his brother, Johnny, is being inducted as well. And Johnny um, is a member of Black Oak, Blake, eh, sorry, Black Oak Arkansas. And uh, so Johnny is thrilled that his brother is being being recognized. Okay. Um, what are who are some of the other people of the class, if I may ask? Well, there are. I'm trying to think of. I've got some information here just to kind of remind myself self of it. But uh, there's a gentleman named Bill Monroe, and he's getting a Lifetime Achievement Award. And I was just coming from Shenandoah, Iowa. And as you probably know, may know, there's something in the water in Shenandoah because that's where the Everly brothers uh, got their start. Uh, We just lost Willie Leacox, who is a member of our Hall of Fame. Uh, Willie played drums for America for 50 years. He's from Shenandoah. But there's a gentleman named Bill Monroe, and Bill Monroe is the inventor of bluegrass music. it's it's pretty amazing, and there's jazz music, musicians, all kinds of people that come out of there. Uh, there's a lady named Kelly uh, James, and Kelly is from Tabor, Iowa, which is, again, in that same neck of the woods. And Kelly has gone on to be a Broadway star and has performed in all kinds of Broadway shows. Um, we've also got a person named uh, Mark Sampson, and Mark is a person that invented the matchless amplifier, which is used by just an incredible group of people. Um, You know, Elton John uses the matchless amplifier. And he also repaired guitars for Prince. Um, He liked to paint, and he got his job actually in the auto business, uh, doing auto painting, and not only being a musician and an inventor, he ended up repairing Prince's guitars when Prince would throw them around on stage or whatever and uh, send them down to Mark, and Mark would fix them and send them back. Okay. Uh, back to Bill Monroe, um, which, of course, he's the, the uh, you're right, the founding father definitely of uh, um, Kentucky Blues and all that. Uh, some of his first music was broadcast in Shenandoah, right? That is correct. And that was sort of the kind of the whole Look, a lot of the reason why, uh, and I was talking with, I, I stayed with Bill Hillman, and Bill uh, was is an inductee of ours, a promoter, and, and Bill was the one that actually put together the Everly Brothers reunion in 1985. And 
um, he was telling me about the history. His family has had um, has worked at KMA in the past and so forth. And yes, that was to think about. It's hard for people our age and younger to you know even think about the way radio once was, and that a five thousand watt station in Shenandoah, Iowa, due to the fact that it wasn't the airwaves weren't cluttered with a bunch of other stations. Um, had almost national reach. So these people came because they had a live radio show. Okay. And uh, so that's, yeah, that just got a lot of a lot of people start. We have a lot more to talk about, so please stay tuned for the next segment of the show. This is ROI on KALA, St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. Find out what song is airing on KALA now, or a song that recently aired. It's all at the KALA website. Find out the artist, song title, and album source. It's on the KALA website. Find out what's playing on 88.5 FM, 106.1 FM, and The Stinger now at KALAFM.org. That's KALAFM.org. Hello and welcome back to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley, and this is the second segment of our show, referred to as The Kitchen Table. Our guest for today is Clay Norris, Executive Director of the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he is going to be talking to us about the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame of the Class of 2022 on the road. He's just being a regular roadie, going out there and following the band. Our history buffs today are Brett Menard and Terry Toppler. Brett, why don't you start us off? Sure thing. So can you talk to us about what um, considerations uh, go into determining who makes it into the Hall of Fame in a particular year? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Uh, First of all, we take public nominations on our website. Uh, If you go to iowarockandroll.com, and you'll see the Hall of Fame tab, and then there's a, a place where people can, can nominate individuals or, or artists or bands or whatever, radio stations, whatever the case may be. And then based upon where those people were from in Iowa, we start from the Iowa-only category, then there are six regions we have in the state and uh, they are pretty much assigned to that region. And then we have a board member or two in each one of our six regions, plus some regional consultants. And they kind of go over the nominations and the nominations carry over. So we've got hundreds of people in our database uh, to review every year. And, you know, like any Hall of Fame, sometimes it doesn't come across on the first ballot, so to speak. You've got to, you know, time goes by, you know, before, you know, people get recognitions because it just we're trying to keep it to a manageable group every year. And we also try to be relatively equal across the state um, as far as, you know, if, if it was just wide open, you'd always have a propensity for groups to come from the Des Moines area or whatnot, just because it's more populous, even though there are some really good groups, like we just mentioned Shenandoah in the last segment, many times, small area. So 
that's what that's the way it's considered. Um, as an executive director, all I do is sort of help me and Maddie at, on our staff to sort of get all of gather all of these names, organize the process. The board is the one that does the reviewing. So they meet together, they review, they usually come to a consensus of who their first ballot pick is. And, uh, and then they have a second and third choice, if you will, for every one of those regions. Plus, we've got a border band uh, category, and we also have a national group category. So there's generally one person that sort of is the champion of the national group category. Um, and as an example, uh, here's a quote out of state, one that was a pretty big deal this year is WLS Radio from Chicago is an inductee. And the reason for that is the influence that they had on the state of Iowa and the Midwest, for that matter, back when they were in the music radio days. Uh, I can confirm that wholeheartedly, uh, and so can our uh, producer, Dave Baker, because when we were in high school, WLS... Um, um, Dave, did other stations pick them up? Didn't it like KSDT would play broadcast of WLS? Didn't I they? think they played certain songs, and they had like, Larry, Larry uh, and remember the the Larry and uh, the Animal Stories. Yeah, and, Animal Stories, yeah, right? Animal stories. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we grew up with WLS. Uh, Terry. Yeah, Clay. I'm glad you mentioned your website. It's wonderful. There's so much information on there, and I have a question. I noticed it talked about like special concerts like Rock for Vets and also uh, yeah. Rock the Roof concert series. Can you talk about that, please? Yes. And, in fact, this year we're going to expand the Rock for Vets. We were fortunate um, as executive director. I've been charged with going out to try to get some more individuals and companies uh, to help support us at a sponsorship level. And, and graciously, the folks at Humana, and Humana has one of the best uh, Medicare uh, they they're the ones that actually administer Medicare uh, to Medicare people. And and they have one of the best veterans programs in the country. And so they want to sponsor Rock for Vets statewide. So stay tuned. We're going to have a Rock for Vets in several different places around Iowa um, in those three days right around uh, Veterans Day. So either Thursday, Friday is actually Veterans Day this year or Saturday. And so that'll be that'll be coming. And what that is, is just an opportunity for us to have a dance, a concert and a dance, uh, admit the veterans for free and their spouses, recognize them. Hopefully we're able to give them a meal as well and just really honor those folks. And everybody else that comes can just have a good old time listening to 50s, 60s, 70s music. That's typically what we do there. And then Rock the Roof has been a... Oh, about a 20-year tradition in Arnold's Park where we're based at the Roof Garden. And it also is targeted more towards the, I'd say, the baby boomers market. Um, but we are working on several things to try to grow younger. And um, we've got all kinds of ideas there, open to more ideas. But we'd like to have a rock festival um, of our own. At some point in time, uh, we're going to be doing a series called Original Music Weekdays, where we want to, during a weekday, have an artist come uh, to the Iowa Lakes area and, and play. 
and uh, we're looking for other opportunities around the state to partner with brew pubs and you know different uh, entities for us to kind of go out and reach the people that are younger than the traditional classic rock group that uh, is our core. So, Clay, do you follow kind of like the um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland? Like, for instance, uh, when I looked over your inductees, of course, you have Tommy Bolin. Uh, he was one of the first classes with the Patch of Blue in 1999. So he's being inducted this time more for his solo or working with other bands? or Correct, correct. And, and there's just been a lot of push for him to be recognized individually. Uh, coming from the Sioux City area, um, we've had individuals there. We've got uh, a couple really strong board members from Sioux City, and they were like, you know, it's about time for him to be recognized individually in addition to his work uh, with Patch of Blue. And he was in Zephyr and some other bands, if I recall, um, early in his career. And, you know, that, that happens quite a bit where you will see uh, individuals like there's a, a gentleman from that I know personally named uh, Terry Klein. And Terry was in a group called Ups and Downs that performed all over the United States. In fact, they had a standing gig in Las Vegas. And um, then he was later inducted as an individual as well. Okay. Brett. You've talked uh, about um, doing some outreach to uh, a younger audience. What all have you done in the past and uh, what do you hope to do in the future? Well, the past, what we've done so far and our most successful thing to date is a program that we call Iowa Rocks Talent. And it is a statewide talent search, and you have to be 21 or under to participate in it. And we have an individual category, and we have a band category. It had been goofed up a little bit the last couple of years because of COVID. We did crown a champion this past year, but all of the, all of the um, preliminary round was done by uh, online submission where what we prefer to do is go like, for example, in Des Moines, we would go to Drake University and, and have, you know, people come to Drake and, you know, try out. And then there would be an individual and a band winner from that region. And we would do that in the six regions across the state. And then we bring the six individuals and the six bands to our induction weekend uh, they do a battle of the bands there, and the winner is crowned, and then the winners get to play in the induction concert. They get to lead it out, and they get a record contract at Catamount, in, um, or at least an EP. They get to record an EP at Catamount at uh, Cedar Rapids. Okay. Terry? Yeah, Clay, um, I want to know a little bit more about the 25th anniversary uh, that you're going to be celebrating this year. Uh, what kind of celebrations or festivities um, have been planned or are in the works? We've, we're really trying to put some exciting things together. Uh, I can't share who it is right now, but there's hope that two of our legacy inductee bands, um, the remaining artists in those two bands, are going to be able to play on the Friday night at the Roof Garden. Um, we are going to, of course, have our big induction uh, concert on Sunday night. So the way, way our induction works is Thursday night is a Rock the Roof. It's the final Rock the Roof. This year it's going to be the Expressions. And 
either that night or Friday night, we're going to have an autograph session. So all of the inductees will be there to be able to sign autographs and so forth. Saturday, we have an open house at our museum. And we are working, if we could get the grant money in, to have a covered patio. We have a really nice patio, but we want to put a stage on it and a cover. And that way we could do more things at night with the lights. And then we can also do things more in the heat of the day, um, having a retractable roof. That's the vision for that. And uh, gives everybody an opportunity to come in and just have hors d'oeuvres and drinks and see the museum and, and whatnot. We also have a parade that morning, which is a lot of fun, where you know the, the different inductees just come and play their instruments, and it, we call it the, the guitar parade, and it goes through the Arnold's Park area. And then um, Sunday, uh, kind of mid-afternoon, is the induction ceremony itself at a beautiful auditorium in Spirit Lake, and then we have the concert that night uh, with as many inductees are, that are willing and able to play. Okay. Um, what, what are the hours of your museum? I mean, you were giving the days. So if, if an individual wanted to come and, and bring a family to it, what, what are the hours and the location for our viewers, our listeners, I should say, to uh, uh, get an idea of? Is We open Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and we're closed on the weekends. But then from Memorial Day to Labor Day, we're open uh, seven days a week, and uh, it expands a little bit, like, you know, 10 in the morning till maybe 5 or 6 in the, in the afternoon, except for those times that we have special things going on on our patio. And we may be open then till whatever time of night. Uh, on those particular nights. And, and we try to put all of those special events on our Facebook page or um, Instagram or on our website. And uh, a lot of those events are called Rock the Patio, for example. Okay. Do you guys have ties? I'm sure they're, if they're there, they're, um, I don't even know how to describe them. Do you guys have ties with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland? I mean, I know that's the mecca of all of them, and I'm sure state states have, have museums like you guys, especially, um, you know, if you're talking Bakersfield, where, you know, Buck Owens or Texas were, or, or definitely in Tennessee. Um, do you guys have those ties with that and with other museums? We'd like to build stronger ties. I understand that a, a board member or two of ours have reached out to Cleveland, um, originally, they were fairly protective about the name Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So we have to be careful that if we're presenting it formally, that we are the uh, Iowa Rock and Roll Music Association Hall of Fame and Museum. Uh, but since that time, I understand that that has gotten better uh, with new board members there. And we have had some connections to them that we're trying to develop and uh, do that in a stronger way. Um, we are part of the Iowa Museum Association, and I try to attend some of those events and, um, and, and talk. I've been on some um, oh, phone Zoom conferences and stuff with other museums throughout the state, and it is a desire of ours. We work, we've worked pretty closely in the past, before my time, uh, with the South Dakota Hall of Fame and uh, the Nebraska Hall of Fame. And we have members that of, you know, inductees that are shared with those in a lot of cases. And um, 
Minnesota does not have as much of a physical place yet as my understanding, but they do, they do have a hall of fame and it would be good to connect with them. And I, I just have been reading some things about Illinois hall of fame and, um, like we have Head East as an inductee, and, and they're from the Champaign area, I think, of Illinois, like where REO Speedwagon is from. Right. And to get some clarification to our ROI friend, uh, Mr. Mark Zaptel was with the band Silver Laughter, and he was inducted in 2014. So we have well, those close ties there. Um, to sit there and ask this question here, um, uh, Brett, do you have another question before we give the final one to our guest? Yeah, and this will be as quick or as long as you want to make it. So you talked about discussing with other museums. So what what sort of things do you have in common with other museums and what other than your particular subject matter makes you unique? Well, I I think you know, I've been executive director now for only just a touch over two years. And my experience, unfortunately, has been during the COVID pandemic. So have not been able to get out as much as I want to. That's why I'm on the road today is finally it's getting to a point where I feel like we can get out and around and, and see people and things like that. But um our understanding is, for example, we have one of the finer physical museums around. We were uh, endowed with uh, a good sum of money from, uh, you know, past inductees, from good fundraising before I got there, and a wonderful gift, really, of, of just the reorganization of Arnold's Park and, and, a, and a space that we could get. So from a physical standpoint, we've got things that maybe we're able to help others with. But then this induction process that you talked about, um, I think there's some ways that we could do a better job, especially in some of the, you know, the, the thing that is, it's hard for me to get my head around. Uh, I think I'm 29, but I'm not. I'm much more old, I'm much older than that. Uh, much, much. But, you know, 25 years ago is the 1990s, for heaven's sakes. It's not 1965. So we've really got to start thinking about what do you do with Slipknot? What do you do with Stone Sour? What do you do with, you know, those are, those are entities that are famous in Iowa. And, you know, how do we kind of look at ourselves as, um, you know, how far do we, how far does the, the word rock go? And um, that's kind of where my head is at and some of our board members where it, it would be good to learn from some other museums and other Hall of Fames about how they, how they work on that. Okay. We will come back to wrap things up, so please stay tuned. This is ROI on KALA, St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. You're listening to Relevant or Irrelevant. This series is produced at St. Ambrose University's KALA Radio and has been honored by the Midwest Broadcast Journalists Association and the Iowa Broadcast News Association for excellence in public affairs journalism. You can hear this edition of ROI and many previous programs in this series by visiting Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, plus Apple Podcasts. 
ROI airs Friday nights at 9.30 p.m. on KALA HD2 and can also be heard at 106.1 FM in the Metropolitan Quad City area. You can stream this show every Friday night at TuneIn.com. Search for KALA HD2. This concludes our 450th show of ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant. The producer and engineer is Dave Baker. Our program manager is Rick Sweet. And the theme song for our show is titled Kayla's Theme that was written and performed by Mark Zapt Zaptel. My name is John Keeley, and we would like to thank our guest, Clay Norris, Executive Director of the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, who talked with us about the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Class of 2022. Uh, the history buffs for today's show are Brett Menard and Terry Topler. This is ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, at KALA. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of St. Ambrose University or KALA. We would like to wish all our listeners to experience the great Basutu proverb, Hotso Pula Nala, peace, reign, and prosperity. And remember, historians are horrible fortune tellers. Good night. Good night.